podcast movement will always have a special place in my heart from the very first one that was started as an idea that is this going to work? And then we had to move because so many people were interested in it from the relationships, from the opportunities that I've had from going to podcast movement. And then there was the one time in Philadelphia when Gary Leland called me up and said this. Yeah. So Dave, I'm calling to visually notify you. You have been selected by your peers and friends to go into the podcast hall of fame. One kind of say that official like there. Well, that is, uh, that's humbling. And I'll play that whole call at the very, very end of the show. If you want to hear it, 2021 marks the return of podcast movement as a physical event. And some people are nervous. And if you're thinking, ah, I'm not going, or if you're thinking, ah, I already got my ticket, there are some lessons to learn on how they handled 2020 and now 2021. We're talking podcast movement with Dan Franks. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is why I help you plan, launch, grow, and monetize your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription And I always like to start off the show with what we call a because of my podcast story. And that's where it's because of my podcast, uh, this happened and it wouldn't have happened except, well, I had a podcast. So if you have one of those stories, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. We haven't had a new one in a couple weeks, so I'm digging one out of the vault. And this is my buddy, Paul Culligan. You can find him at paulculligan.com. Or the podcast report. Hey, Dave, a because of my podcast for the School of Podcasting. Long running client, high paying client, very profitable client for me, and a client who, gosh darn it, encourages me to be a better podcaster and businessman. Guy's name is Joe Polish, does the I Love Marketing show, does 10xtalk.com, does Genius Network, does a bunch of shows. Anyway, Joe's got a whole program called Artists for Addicts. It works with um, artists and addicts, and it brings the art world together with the addiction world to try to find some solutions. It's a very, very cool program. Long story short, Joe calls and says, hey, do you want to come to an Alice Cooper fundraiser? It'll be an Alice Cooper show. Sure, that sounds fun. That's unique. I get there. VIP event, VIP tickets, third row, feet in the round. Awesome. The photo I've sent you is a picture of me with Ace Freely from Kiss slash from Guns N' Roses. Edgar Winter, mo- known mostly for free ride, but a mainstay in the rock world. Uh, Rob Halliford, Judas Priest, um, Cheryl Cooper, Alice's wife, and of course, Alice Cooper. I got to meet them all. I got a signed Alice Cooper cane. I got to hang out backstage with these people. And I'll tell you, it was a lot more like that episode of Wayne's World than it was anything else. Um, This is above and beyond. Uh, My podcast got me Joe's client. Joe has been paying me for a long time uh, to help him out with these things. But this is what happens when you get into the inner circle. And because of the podcast, I got into the inner circle. And because of the podcast, there were even some interesting conversations backstage that one day I might be able to chat about later. But the fact of the matter is, good time. Amazing time, free concert, got to meet these people, got a funny picture, got an Alice Cooper cane. Not bad podcasting. I love it. Me too, Paul. Check him out at the podcast report. And you notice again, 
relationships, relationships, relationships. It's all about relationships. And that's one of the things the podcast can do for you. And one relationship I have is one with Brendan Mulligan. You've heard him here on the show. And you're like, where have I heard that? That's the guy behind PodPage. And I want to talk to you about PodPage. If you haven't checked out PodPage yet, you have to. It is, here's who it's designed for. If you're tired of Wix, I'm going to talk about, I'll have a video on my YouTube channel about how, if you're using Wix for your podcast website and you're using their built-in podcast tool, yeah, you're not getting your downloads counted. Yeah, it's on my YouTube channel. We'll talk about that later. But if, you, if you're not a fan of Wix, if you're not a fan of Squarespace or WordPress and you want more than the built-in website from your media host, which is okay, it's basic, but you want it to do more like, I don't know, have a store, have a special sponsor page, have uh, special places for guests, have an easy way to get donated, have it tied with Patreon, have a thing. I love this is my favorite feature. It's called the episode signature. So let's say you want to have something appear at the bottom of every episode. Yep, you just put it in there, and it shows up at the bottom of every episode on your website. And then what's great about it, let's say it's, hey, sign up for my webinar, or find me at Podcast Movement, and then Podcast Movement is over. What do you do? You go in, you change your signature to the new thing. Hey, find me at whatever. And guess what? It updates across your whole website. The beautiful thing about PodPage, you can try it for free, and for the first seven days, you have all of the pro features. So you can really see is this going to be a good fit for you? And if it's not, that's fine. No big deal. If you do like it, all you have to do is update your domain name to point at PodPage and you're off to the races. It is a set it and forget it kind of platform. You simply put in your RSS feed from whoever you are hosting with, Libsyn, Blueberry, Podbean, Captivate, Buzzsprout, whoever, put your RSS feed in there. It sucks the information out of your feed and turns it into a website I love PodPage. I have many, many sites on PodPage. And if you want to learn PodPage, check out my free course at schoolofpodcasting.com slash learn PodPage. For more information, go to podpage.com. So I spoke with Dan Franks last month. Dan Franks, one of the founders of Podcast Movement, him along with Jared Easley and Gary Leland was in there and Mitch. It's now just Jared and Dan. And if you're thinking, like I said at the beginning, ah, I'm not going or I already got my ticket. The event business is kind of spooky. You really are. It's like a bet. You say, hey, I'm pretty sure I can get this many people to show up. And so as I was talking to Dan about Podcast Movement, I got a little behind the scenes information. Yeah, so basically when you contract with a hotel for an event, first of all, you do it like two or three years in advance. So you don't you can't see this thing coming when you contract with the hotel. And your two big exposure points with the hotel and your contracts is a guaranteed food and beverage minimum. So you promise we as the event owner or our attendees will buy a certain amount of food, drinks, we'll pay for a certain amount of coffee. And this is like six figure amounts we're speaking of. And then your other exposure point is you also guarantee that your attendees, speakers, sponsors will book a certain number of hotel rooms over the nights of your event. And if either of those, and that's, you know, thousands of hotel rooms when you're kind of adding them together across the event. And if either of those numbers come up short, then you're basically due to cut them a check for whatever the, the lost revenue is that, that doesn't happen. So that's just kind of events in general. That's what you do with the hotels. Add to the, to the equation, the pandemic. 
and all of these contracts and anyone that had any kind of business contracts event or otherwise last year learned about this, you know, act of God clause, and you've got several different names for it. But most of the attorneys for these venues and hotels would tell you that, oh, the pandemic's not an act of God. Therefore, this clause is an exercise. Therefore, you can't just like walk away from the contract. And that's usually what it says is if a tornado knocks down the hotel before the event, that act of God prevents you from being able to host the event. So everyone's out of the contracts. You don't owe money. You don't have to buy hotel rooms and all of that. And they determined that the pandemic did not meet that act of God clause. Therefore, technically, by the contract, we've got the hotel here. We're ready for your people. No people would go. We wouldn't go. So a lot of what we had happened last year was really just uh, because of our relationships with the hotel chains, um, because we've run events at the different chains before. They know we'll do it again. And a lot of just that goodwill allowed us to get out of the contract pretty much, you know, without any obligation other than, you know, hey, we'll we'll try to work together again in the future. And we were lucky in that sense. There's some events that were not so lucky. Um, they either had to like sign the contract for, okay, let us know the date that you're going to do that next event with us or, you know, had to cut some kind of uh, check to get out of it. But it, it was really ugly for uh, for a lot of event companies. A lot of event companies just shut down instead of trying to figure out how to get out of those things. Relationships. They're great to have when things are going good. They're really great to have when things are going bad. And I mentioned in a couple episodes ago that, you know, Apple has this new subscription thing, but you don't get any of your customers' information. And that really, for me, is almost a deal breaker. And I've often mentioned that you should have a newsletter and or a website. And, of course, our sponsor – PodPage makes it super easy to have a website and you can even collect email addresses there because in the end, how did Dan and Jared survive 2020? Um, for us, we were lucky enough that the year prior was when we launched our daily newsletter, the PodMove Daily. And that was something that both from a keeping in touch with our community standpoint, but also just being honest, like from a business standpoint, it's a revenue generating piece of our business. And that was something that was just invaluable to have going through the pandemic was that daily communication with the community, with the industry coming from podcast movement and, you know, the sponsorships associated with that. So that is the the big thing that kind of the glue that held the year together for us. And of course, that year was just a hot mess. So they were going to have it in August. And then because of, you guessed it, their relationship, the hotel was nice enough to let them move it to October. And when October looked like it wasn't going to happen, they were kind of like, hmm, wonder what we should do. Well, what do you do if you're not sure what to do with your podcast? Sure, you can go ask a podcast consultant, but the best thing to do is ask your audience. When we surveyed the community, people said we'd rather have something than nothing. And so we did that. And we did that a big two-week event, all kinds of live sessions. Everything was live, hundreds of hours of of life things across those two weeks. And it ended up working out really well, all things considered, for a virtual event. And one of the things I loved about that is, number one, Dan has an idea. He books these hotels years in advance. And they could have said, look, uh, we're just going to take, if you have a ticket to the physical thing, guess what? It's all virtual now. And Dan understands the 
event business and people sign up for events, sure, for the education and the sponsors, but a lot of us really love that hallway track, the networking and when you get to meet everyone and the opportunities and that just isn't the same at all on a virtual event. So instead of burning their bridge and trashing their reputation, they said, nope, we completely canceled podcast movement. We're doing this new online thing. And I thought it was cool that they stretched it over two weeks because we were all just overloaded with Zoom and it was like, do I need another tsunami of information? No. So they spread it out over a couple of weeks and they gave people, anyone that wanted a refund, you could do that. You could transfer your ticket to the new thing. And so here we are in 2021. Not everybody is down with traveling. And look, I'm a hugger. I like to hug. How am I going to know? Who I can hug? Well, Dan's going to color code people. And this is what they're thinking at this point. Right now we're thinking like red, yellow, green, red. If you have a red button or a red lanyard, that means, you know, hey, I'm, I'm doing the social distance thing. Let's wave, you know, let's let's talk, but let's not, you know, physical contact there. Uh, yellow might mean, you know, we can fist bump, but that's uh, that's the extent of it. And then green would be like, you know, maybe not saying, hey, I'm I'm a hugger. But green means basically like, hey, we're, we're kind of treating things like, like pre COVID or, or like, you know, we're, we're safe and we feel like we want to do the normal thing. So some, some system like that, that people can kind of identify so that others around them. So you don't have that awkward thing because I've traveled recently. We've done some events and even that, because even though those events were tested, everyone was tested before we went into it. Um, everyone on site happened to be vaccinated as well. There's still that thing of like when you greet somebody, you're inside those confines of the tested area, but you still don't know like, is this a handshake person? Is this a hug person? Should we just like chat? Um, so at least that's one way to not have those awkward conversations. And more importantly, respect the people that are do have the red buttons or the red lanyards and not make them feel uncomfortable or create kind of an awkward situation. Okay, that's cool. But what about when I go into a room to actually attend a session? And we're taking kind of the, like what the NBA and NHL are doing, kind of that pod seating approach where we might have like four chairs and then a gap and then two chairs and then a gap and and that kind of thing. So there's some level of social distancing. We'll have certain uh, chairs where there's nobody kind of around them. So like a one chair with the gap. So people, like we said, they'll be able to self-identify their their comfort level with their button color, we'll call it. Um, but they'll also be able to go into these these ballrooms and say, oh, no, I'm comfortable sitting in this, this group of four, or I, I kind of prefer my seat to be by itself. So that's really our goal. And it's, it's ever changing because everything is changing. Okay. But what if you're James Cridlin and you live in Australia and you're not able to leave the country how can you attend podcast movement? We will have a virtual event component to this. So kind of the term people are using are hybrid events, meaning we will have an in-person component and then we'll have a virtual component. So big picture for people that are don't want to travel or are international or can't travel or for whatever reason won't be traveling. Uh, there's going to be a virtual component where five of our, our bigger stages will be live streamed. The whole event at all of those stages will be live streamed and anyone that's a virtual attendee We'll be able to, during any of the session spots, pick from those stages to watch the session. And while it's still virtual, I feel like if I were in that position of watching the event, it gives me a little closer to a real event to be watching something happening live on stage in front of a live audience versus 
watching a Zoom call, right? Watching just like a webinar style thing. Like it's an actual thing happening at an actual event. Almost is more like watching, I don't know, a sporting event on TV. So I'm having a good time at the event. I'm waving at people. I'm fist bumping others and hugging other people. And when I go into the room to attend a session, I can sit as close or as far away from people as I want. But what if I want to ask a question? In the past, you would walk up to a microphone. So if an in-person attendee has a question, instead of, like you said, passing the mic or something like that, that might not be the most sanitary option, uh, they'll be able to pull up their app and within that session that they're sitting in front of, they can just type their question and it'll go to the moderator who will have the moderator side of that Q&A on their phone or on their device. But again, since it's the same platform as a virtual platform, those virtual attendees will be sending questions through the exact same way and it'll get to the moderator the exact same way. So as we think about ways to bring together the virtual attendees and the in-person attendees, um, those that Q&A, the moderator won't know, oh, this person's asking the question from the virtual audience or this person's asking the question from the in-person audience. And if you've never been to Nashville, it is a great city. There is tons of music everywhere, bars. Uh, I know when I was there, it seems like there was some sort of bridesmaid party about every 10 feet. There's a whole lot of like, country music. Hall of Fame is there, all sorts of stuff. And for Dan, who goes around all over the country looking at hotels, to hear him talk about this one, this particular hotel in Nashville is going to be special. But the venue we're going to be at, the Gaylord Opryland, it's the nicest hotel venue I've ever I've ever been to. If anyone's been to any of the uh, the other Gaylord properties, they're all kind of these like outside is brought inside a bunch of like atriums and living plants all throughout. And, you know, at daytime, it feels like you're outside during the day, but climate controlled, which is always good in the summer. There are restaurants everywhere, bars everywhere. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting for people to just be able to come to the event, hang out on site, bump into people that they haven't seen, like you said, for several years. And yeah, just kind of, again, I keep saying get back to normal, but that's like what I am personally most excited about is like, hey, remember that thing we used to do? Like, let's kind of start there again and then we can figure out what's next. But let's like get back to that good thing first. And they've already announced some of their speakers, including Kate Erickson, from Entrepreneurs on Fire. She actually was on this show back on episode 437, and I interviewed John Lee Dumas on episode 362 back when he was only making $18,000 a month. And speaking of money, if you want to buy your ticket for Podcast Movement, just go over to podcastmovement.com. The sooner, the better. Yeah, you know, the the way we, we've always done it is the closer to the event we are, the more expensive the tickets are. A lot of that's because it's more expensive for us to add things later on, order last minute rounds of, you name it, bags, lanyards, that kind of thing. But it's also to encourage people to to sign up early, to b- book their hotel rooms early for the reason I described earlier. We, we want those hotel rooms booked in full. So yeah, every few weeks the prices go up. So the biggest thing to, to share with people is just once you know that you're able to make it, sign up because if you wait two more weeks, the price will be up. And we've got several different pricing options to pick from, depending on if you want the recordings or you just want to be there in person because you just want to, you know, hug Dave. Uh, we've got the virtual, the virtual ticket option that I mentioned. So yeah, if you go to the website, you'll be able to see all of those. And I think we have a nice countdown timer. So you'll be able to see when the next ticket price is. So you know how long you have to decide. So everyone, again, just go over to podcastmovement.com. Dan, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I'm looking forward to seeing you and hopefully a lot of other people there as well.
I love the fact that they didn't sell out. They didn't light their integrity on fire. They offered options to attendees when things went, well, 2020, and that included refunds if needed. I love the fact that their relationships come into play. And Dan and Jared also just did the Ambi Awards for the Academy of Podcasters, whatever that thing, the, the really long name thing. Yeah, that's there. And the one thing I wanted to talk about is here again, a newsletter is a great tool co- to communicate with your audience and keep them updated. And in some cases, that can turn into a revenue stream. And I thought I would share something. I talked about this on my other show, Ask the Podcast Coach. And that is, I used to use SendFox. I used to recommend SendFox. It's a great tool, and they have a one-time lifetime deal. So you pay, I want to say it's like 50, 60 bucks, and you can send as many emails as you want. And it's a great deal, except depending on how much you bought, I think it was up to like 5,000 subscribers. And then if you pay like another 50 bucks, you got another 5,000 subscribers again for life. And what I found out is, and this isn't anything against SendFox, but the way that is structured is if you are new to the internet, marketers ruin everything. And by that, I mean, marketers ruin everything. And Marketers would go out and they would buy an email list, which usually doesn't get you that great of leads anyway, and they would upload 5,000 to SendFox, then they would delete them, and and they would send out spam, and they would upload another 5,000, send out some spam, delete them, and consequently SendFox started to be seen from tools that monitor spam as, oh, everybody that uses those guys are spammers, which is the worst thing you can have because in email, it's all about your reputation and deliverability. And so they've taken some steps. And one of them is you can't manage your own list. Like I can't, I can delete people one by one, but with other tools, you can go in and say, oh, everyone who hasn't opened an email for me in X amount of month, go ahead and delete them because they're not reading my stuff. And that's just not an option. Now, to their credit, if I approach them and say, hey, delete all the inactive people on my school of podcasting email list, they will do that within 24 hours. They're really good about that. But for me, the fact that I can't do it and I have to wait for somebody else, because most of the time for me, those are the things I'm doing at like 1230 at night and their you know support is not around. So I have switched to Mailer Light. If you go to supportthisshow.com slash MailerLite, so M-A-I-L-E-R-L-I-T-E, MailerLite, I had to think about that one. That is my affiliate link. They do have a free program, and their first tier, if you grow above their free tier, is 10 bucks. And already I'm seeing things like when somebody clicks on a link, I can go in and see, wow, six people clicked on this link and click on it and see who actually clicked on it, which is kind of cool and kind of creepy. I don't send out a lot of email. I typically send out one on Wednesday. I call it the podcast halftime and it gives you kind of a little behind the scenes of what's going on at the school of podcasting and what I'm listening to and things of that nature. So if you're looking for an email program, I know a lot of people jump on MailChimp. MailChimp is fine, but when you have to pay for MailChimp, you start to pay for MailChimp. And so I've been using MailerLite now for a couple months and I'm enjoying it. I mentioned Wix at the beginning of the podcast And Wix is one of these sites where it's meant to make websites. And from what I've seen, they do okay on websites. But I have found many a time, and by that I mean many a time, where the, quote, 
web guy or even and nothing against web guy you make websites very very good and and also the radio guy and again radio guy makes great radio but in the same way that I can't just because I hey I'm a podcaster that means I can now design a website or hey I talk behind a mic I can do radio no I can't and consequently when web guy and radio guy sometimes sometimes I don't want to make everyone mad get involved with podcasting that things go badly and they delete plugins that were really, oh, the heart and soul of your podcast and they just ruined everything or they, you know, how that goes. We're all human and Wix is one where they developed this cool tool where you can put in your RSS feed and it will make little blog posts for your episode. Sounds great. Sounds a lot like PodPage, doesn't it? Yes, except for one really big problem and one really big difference. And I'll have a video. I'll put the video in the episode notes out at schoolofpodcasting.com 778 is if you put your mouse over the button to download the episode from your Wix website, you will see where the URL, we're getting kind of our geek on here, but the, the location of the file should be pointing at whoever your media host is, Libsyn, Blueberry, Captivate, Buzzsprout, Podbean, whoever and it's not. It's pointing at Wix. Now, what does that mean? That means that they made a copy of your file and stuck it on your Wix site. Now, not the end of the world because your listener, the person at your website, can still listen to it. They can still download it. But the bad news is you're not getting credit for that. So whoever your media host is, normally that would be shown as a download. And it's not because they're not downloading that particular version of your episode from your media host. They're downloading it from Wix. So this is why I like PodPage. It's designed for podcasters by a guy who lives and breathes in podcasting. He's got a great Facebook group. So if you're using Wix, this doesn't mean you can't use Wix for a website. You just want to embed the player from your media host so those plays on your website count as a download. And that's one of the questions I get a lot. So we're going to add a tangent on here. And that is, wait, does that mean when I have a podcast, if somebody listens on my website, but then somebody else listens on Apple and somebody else listens in Google Podcast, and then somebody else listens in Spotify, do all those count? Yes. If they're IAB certified, which is the podcast industry standard for downloads, they have to listen to at least a minute for it to count as a download if they're listening to this on your website. But yes, they all count. It's the direct opposite of YouTube. YouTube, if you're going to watch YouTube, you have to go to YouTube or some sort of Google-approved app, but it's all going back to YouTube behind the scenes. Podcasting is different. You have one media host. I recommend Libsyn. I work there, by the way. Been a happy customer for 16 years and a happy employee for five. Use the coupon code SOPFREE when you go to Libsyn.com. That is short for Liberated Syndication. It is not Libsync. <laughs> it's Libsyn. And so whoever your media host is, when people are listening on all these different apps behind the scenes. It's going back to your media host. So yes, if you're wondering, does it count everything or do only the Apple ones count? No, they all count. If you have a decent media host, they all count. I'm going to mention this again in the future because I think it's a big deal. And that is when you join the school of podcasting, I've added something new. And you're like, really? What is it? New tutorial? Do something? No, what? It's 15 minutes. 
free with me. So if you're stuck on anything, and right now there are so many ways to get your podcast questions answered. I do live group coaching. We just had a great session last Saturday. That was awesome. And then every Friday, there is a quick 30-minute version, group coaching, lunch with Dave. I affectionately refer to that as. Of course, you always have email and a private Facebook group filled with brilliant podcasting minds. So if you're ever worried about being stuck or feeling alone, you don't have to. But I realize that group coaching doesn't always fall on a time when you're available. And so what I've done is I've added a new feature to the School of Podcasting, where if you go into the website, there is a spot there called Student Services, and you'll see the schedule for all of the group coaching sessions and everything that's going on at the School of Podcasting. And you now have the option to schedule 15 minutes. I call it the Quick Fix 15, where you can come in, you've got a quick question, you need it answered, you ask it to me, I answer it. And you are back on your way. Now, how many times can you use that? Right now, because I'm throwing this on the wall and seeing how often it's implemented, there are some things you don't know if this is a good idea or a bad idea until you do it. So right now, if you want to do 15 minutes a week, you could do that. The only thing that I'm limiting this to is we have to be talking about your podcast. In the past, I did something similar to this where members of the School of Podcasting got a discount. And I had people that would sign up that were podcast consultants, and they would then go out and get questions from their clients and get paid for that, come back to me. I would answer the question for them, and they would go back to the client, and they would look like the expert, and uh, they weren't. And so that was kind of uh, not cool, and so I kind of canceled that. So I'm bringing this back, and I realize that I could, again, get completely burned by this. But there comes a time when you have to trust your customer, and I do in this case. And the other thing is, to be quite honestly, it's somewhat selfish. And I love, one. not that I don't love group coaching, it's a whole different dynamic, and I love kind of the whole roundtableness of that, but I really love working with people one-on-one. And it's the difference I taught in the corporate world for over 20 years. And every day I would get a group of 20 new students. And it was fine. And I was, I would help them. And there were times when I would have somebody sign up and I would help them through like intro to Windows. And then I would get them to, you know, Excel 1 and Word 1 and Excel 2 and things like that. And I would get to know them through that. But that was pretty seldom. And then I got to teach at a college, and that was awesome because I had the same students for the entire grading period, and you got to build that relationship. And that's really what I – compared to the two, and I was like, well, why don't I set this up so that it's easy for you to connect to me, and we can have these quick little lessons and get you going if that's something that you need. If you want to do it via email, we can do that too. But I wanted to give this option so that I can help people get unstuck. And I realize, especially for podcasters, many of us are introverts. Introverts love podcasting. It's a great way to meet and reach millions of people without meeting or greeting anyone. From the, the, <laughs> from the safety of our basement, we can meet millions of people. So I realize that in some cases, group coaching is not really mm, what they were looking for. A true introvert is like, mm, so let's do this one-on-one. So that is now an option, and I'm going to be interested to see how this works. It's inside the School of Podcasting. Now, does that mean I'm not doing consulting 
if you aren't a member of the School of Podcasting. No, absolutely not. If you want to schedule a session with me, just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash schedule. My current rate is $200 an hour. So you can see there when 15 minutes, I'm giving that away. That could add up. But again, my goal here is to help you get up and going with your podcast and helping you avoid the common podcasting mistakes. And speaking of common podcasting mistakes, I want to give a shout out to Joe Andrews. Thank you, Joe. He gave me a five-star rating in Apple Podcast. It said, a chatty show that treats listeners like family versus one hurling podcast tidbits. Podcasters, like any group, are often enamored hot, shiny bobbles. I guess that's how you say that, B-A-U-B-L-E-S. Dave Jackson has a fantastic knack for helping people refocus on the basic concepts that help you grow a podcast and skip the mistakes. I've avoided so many problems by listening to this podcast. Thank you, Joe. And speaking of Joe, another Joe, that's Joe Andrews. Thank you, Joe. Uh, Joe Salsihai from Stacking Benjamins is coming on the show next week. And reviews are what we're going to talk about. Now, if you are a new listener to the show, I've been saying for a long time that reviews don't do anything for you in Apple Podcasts. And I stand by that. They're social proof. There are times when they come in handy. If you're looking for a sponsor, it's fun to go, look, I've got an engaged audience. But when I hear people say things like, oh, please rate and review me in Apple Podcasts. It helps me get found. No, it doesn't. So that drives me nuts. It doesn't help you get found. It is social proof. And Joe who has been on the show before, great guy, great podcast, and we're going to talk more than just reviews, is coming on, and he said, Dave, I know, I, I, and Joe has agreed with me that reviews are kind of like overrated, and he went to a course, and he came back and said, uh, Dave, we got to talk about this review stuff, because we're wrong. What, what, what? Yeah. So that's coming up in the next episode. You can subscribe or follow to the show. Just go, if you love this show, just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash love as in L-O-V-E. And no matter what app you're on, if you're on your phone, it'll say, hey, look, I see you have Apple Podcast and Overcast. Uh, well, you can go ahead and do that. If you're on an Android phone, it'll say, oh, look, you got Google Podcast and Podcatcher. Do that. It's super easy. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash love, and you will never miss an episode. Hey, are you ready to answer the question of the month? Yes! Well, I need it by June 25th. The question of the month is, what is your top podcasting pet peeve? You can find that at schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. Be sure to mention your name, your podcast name, a little bit about your podcast, and your podcast website. Again, check it out, schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. There's also another bonus question. And I need that by June 25th, 2021. And this is a segment I'm going to start doing more. This is in my newsletter. You can find that at schoolofpodcasting.com slash newsletter. And it's what caught my ear. And one, I was listening to, and there'll be links to all this stuff out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 778. I interviewed, I, I didn't interview him. I'd love to. I listened to Danny Elfman. I've talked about Danny in the past. This is the guy that is a huge music score for movies guy. Very, very popular. And by the way, has imposter syndrome. Yep, you'll hear about this. He was interviewed on the WTF podcast with Mark Marin. And in it, he talks about how he captured the original idea 
for the Batman soundtrack by recording into a little portable recorder he had in the bathroom of a 747. So I always tell people, have Evernote or some sort of note-taking app on your phone and also know how to work the voice memo. I have a lot of cool ideas in my voice memo. And if you are over the age of 40, you're probably familiar with the phrase Van Halen and Diamond David Lee Roth, man. And he was interviewed on Joe Rogan. And this, in true Joe fashion, it's a three-hour long episode and the first hour would have been much better except joe apparently it must be some sort of like rite of passage when you go to joe rogan apparently everybody gets high and so the first hour it's just david lee roth being the autistic puppy that he is he's ricochet rabbiting off the walls and it's it's not very good however it gets really good about halfway through, But the fun part of this is the beginning where Dave's just being David. You know, sometimes, man, ice cream is like the beer your mom never told you about. And you're like, what? What is he talking about? I don't know. And that's the half the fun is a watching Dave amuse himself <laughs> and then watching Joe Rogan kind of go, okay, okay, what do I do with that? Am I going to ask him about the ice cream? I don't know. And Joe just looks really, really tired. So that's fun. And then about halfway through. It goes through there. But I wanted to talk about this because I talk about this before. When you ask a question, does somebody actually answer the question? So Joe asked a really good question. He said, what does it feel like to write a song that impacts millions of people? And Dave went into actually a really cool answer about how running with the devil is set to the pace that he jogs at. So he's like, hey, you know, bump, bump. Bump, bump. And like, okay, that's kind of cool, but it doesn't answer the question. What does it feel like to write a song that impacts millions? And so I was like, that's a great example of he answered the question, but he didn't answer the question. In fact, Joe asked him again, yeah, but what does it feel like? And Dave still didn't quite. He gave him an answer that probably had something like, well, man, the elephant in the room is really the turtle in the tube. And you're like, what does that mean? So keep that in mind. It's a great example. And so I like, I I recommend list It's three hours so you can kind of skip through, but it's fun watching Joe kind of go, what do I do with that? And then also in some cases, fun listening to David Lee Roth be just David Lee Roth about halfway through though. It's interesting. If you get David Lee Roth passionate about something, he's very focused. So they get into defunding the police and some political stuff and also some really great insights into Dave's life. So this is one of those like it's a three hour audio and I would love to take it and edit it down to about two hours because there's some great insights into how David Lee's dad always said, "Okay, children, what did you do to either better yourself or make the world a better place? And he said his dad said that to him even when like Dave was like 45 and he'd be like, "Okay, children. He's like, he called me children when he was like 68. So those are two things I found interesting. And I'm still listening to the book Tarzan Economics. It's kind of the first part was good. It's still interesting, but I thought some of this was going to apply to podcasting a little more and it's so far not but it's not a bad book if you're into uh, numbers and marketing and things of that nature so thank you so much for listening to this episode if you know somebody that is thinking about going to podcast movement and not sure send them this episode 
or if they're thinking about starting a newsletter, explain to them, hey, Dave says don't use SendFox unless you, depending on what you're doing, just need a really basic kind of email list. And it is a nice buy one forever kind of deal. Send it to them. And if you're looking to start a podcast, come visit me, schoolofpodcasting.com slash join. Use the coupon code LISTENER. And like I say, next week, it's me and Joe Salsi High talking about reviews, and maybe they're more important than we thought. Until next week, thank you for joining me on my mission of ridding the world of boring podcasts. And until we meet again, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. And he was interviewed on Spotify. He was interviewed on Spotify. I cannot talk. My brain has gone home. Hey, I need you to do me a favor if I can. Sure. Um, we're doing the uh, last year on all the people who won uh, Hall of Fame awards. Yeah. I, I called him up and told him. Okay. And, and this year we're kind of changing it up. We're having podcasters that know them call them up. Okay. And record them. And then we're going to do the segments put all the segments together of like, um, like Dan class is calling Dr. Floyd, you know, like that. Okay. And I was wondering if, uh, since I know you, if I can tell you, you are going into the hall of fame. I'm going into the hall of fame. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Are you sure yeah. about that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure about that. Uh, I thought I'd kind of throw you off there at the beginning telling you I need to make a phone. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Yeah, so Dave, I'm calling to visually notify you. You have been selected by your peers and friends to go into the podcast Hall of Fame. I want to kind of say that official, like there. Well, that is uh, that's humbling. That's well, uh, isn't that something you do right before you die or something? Does that... <laughs> well, I hope no, not. Hope not no, I'm I, mean, I, mean, I don't have much time left anyway. Dave. No, we well, that's amazing. It's hard to make Dave Jackson speechless, but I think you did it. Well, good. I was thinking about calling you Saturday, doing it on your show Saturday, but then I realized everybody would know. Yeah, well, th- well, that's the fun thing. I was going to ask you. Now I can't tell anybody, right? <laughs> right. But we're going to na- try to announce it tomorrow. Oh, cool. We're- All right.